Welcome to Life Church. I'm sure we've all had that feeling at some point in time. You don't admit it because you're in church, right? But yes, and that opportunity is going to happen this week for all of you with family. Amen. No? You're like, I don't know what to say right now. But uh, anyhow, it's good to have you here today. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. We're going to be looking at verses 18 through 25. And um, we're kind of having fun. We've had fun with this Christmas uh, at the movie series as we've kind of looked at some classic Christmas movies. But they kind of share some common everyday human sentiments. This one I want to talk about today, the movie is way more funny and home alone than what I want to talk about for the next couple of moments. And that's about loneliness. Loneliness. It's not something that you typically associate with the Christmas um, season, with, with Christmas week. And because most of the time it's about gift-giving and uh, everything is merry and bright and the songs and kids uh, you know, and, and, and the whole thing of, of, of family coming together and, and all of that. But the truth of the matter is, is that this time of the year can be one of the loneliest times of the year. This is a time of the year that maybe something's happened over the last year or last couple of years that, wow, it's just, you're alone. And you can be in a room full of people. You can be a mall full of crowded shoppers. You can be in a restaurant full of lots of things going on, but on the inside, because of maybe the loss of a loved one, maybe this just didn't work out the way you thought it would. Maybe there's just feelings and sentiments that you don't even completely understand. Maybe it's just because family is messed up or something's happened beyond your control, or maybe it was completely your control, but you find yourself in a place where you just feel lonely. You're confused by thoughts, you're confused by feelings, you're confused by emotions, you're confused by a lot of things. And in that moment, you kind of go, does anybody else really understand? Does anybody else really get this? Is anybody else really? And what's interesting to me about the Christmas story, the narrative that we read in Matthew's gospel, is that one of the central characters in that story, on the very first Christmas, felt all of those feelings of, God, are you there? What's going on? Is this really the way it's going to be? How did I, what do I do with, I feel so alone. You see, I want to unpack this in the next couple of minutes with you, but Joseph, when you look at the, the Christmas story through Joseph's lens, You see that Joseph is engaged to be married. Now, to understand uh, betrothal or or engagement in the days of Joseph and Mary, it would have been about a year-long procession. You think engagements are long now because you've got to get that wedding gown made and you've got to get preparations with the right uh, uh, cake maker and the right venue. No, no, this was about a year's long of a, of, a, of a process that they went through from the time that you were engaged until the time that you actually had the wedding ceremony and were married. So Joseph has to be head over heels about Mary and he's excited and he's making preparations and, and all of this is going on and everything is happening and he is so excited. And then all of a sudden he gets this bombshell of this news that Mary, his wife, the, the, this, this pure and innocent young virgin bride now has 
become pregnant through the Holy Spirit to conceive the Christ child. And I know that we have perspective on the other side of it, and we know the rest of the story, and so sometimes we can gloss over it. But if you just for a moment would step yourself back in 2,000 years ago into Joseph's shoes just for a minute, and think about everything that you're doing, everything that goes into that year-long betrothal, that engagement period, and all that you're preparing for this bride that you were head over heels in love with, and all of a sudden she tells you something that's never happened before or since in human recorded history. That she's not been with anyone, that she has her virginity intact, but yet God has chosen her to bear the Christ child. Joseph's not a rabbi. Joseph's not astute with all the ins and outs of the Torah and all the various commands of the Mosaic and uh, covenant and law. He, he's a carpenter by trade. He, he gets enough of it. He, he goes to synagogue and, and he does all of that, but he completely, it's just, What? He doesn't remember all of the prophecies of, Ab- of, of Isaac and, and the minor prophets throughout the Old Testament. And, 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 and he, he doesn't get all, and he's just trying to. And in that moment, he's like, my entire world is crashing. How am I going to tell my parents? How am I going to tell my family? How am I going to tell my, how am I going to deal with this? I'm just going to, the Bible says in that passage, put her away privately. Simply just be done. And it's in that moment that God shows up and God speaks in the middle of Joseph's aloneness. If you're taking notes today, I want you to write this down. First of all, God does not want you to be alone, ever. I'm gonna gonna unpack this, but God does not want you to be alone. Loneliness haunts many people this time of year. Empty nesters, separated, divorced, loss of a loved one. But in scripture, From Genesis all the way through, God communicates clearly that he does not want you to be alone. A matter of fact, God addresses the loneliness and the aloneness issue of humanity before he ever ever addresses sin. Before he ever addresses our fallen nature, he addresses this issue about you and I being alone. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Then the Lord God said, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. Proverbs 18, 1 says, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. Again, God never wants us to be alone. Matthew 18, 20 says, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am among them. Why? Because there's power when we are not alone. The loneliness was never the ideal, it's unfortunately the reality. And it's present in this very first Christmas story in the life of Joseph. I told you at the beginning, we're gonna walk through chapter one of the book of Matthew, verse 18, 19, 20, all the way through 25. Look at verse 18 with me for just a minute. It's gonna be on the screen if you don't have a Bible. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place on this way when his mother, Mary, had been betrothed engaged to Joseph before they came together she was found to be with a child from the Holy Spirit and her husband Joseph being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame resolved to divorce her quietly again can you imagine how excited Joseph must have been anticipating the day he was going to marry the love of his life and then the news We know that something divine occurred 
But Joseph didn't have the privilege of our perspective of knowing how all of this worked. He just found out the worst news of his life. Imagine just for a moment how lonely he must have felt. I love how Matthew's gospel puts it in verse 19. Joseph was just a man. He gives us context to understand. Don't put something on him that he's not. Don't put divinity on him. There is no one that's divine except for Jesus. All the other characters in scripture, from Genesis to the book of Revelation, they're all flesh and blood, just like you and I. Even Mary, she has to be 100% human. She cannot be divine in and of her nature, because if she is, then Jesus Christ cannot be 100% God and 100% man. Therefore, he cannot be the ultimate sacrifice that the Bible and the Old Testament and the New Testament proclaims him to be. But she brings to the equation her own humanity. Joseph brings his humanity. He was just a man meaning he was just like you and just like me. His rattling around with all of these issues of what's going on and what happened and do I believe her and I want to believe her, but what do I do with this and how am I going to explain this and how this is going to come out and, and what does this say about me and all that goes on. And in that moment, God is going to meet Joseph right where he is. It's the second statement I want to make today. God meets us. In our loneliness, just like he does Joseph. And our aloneness and our loneliness, when we're alone with our own feelings and our own thoughts, that's when God shows up and God meets us. And that's exactly what happens. Look at verse 20 and 21 in Matthew chapter 1. But as he, Joseph, considered these things, what things? This virgin birth, this news that was just dropped upon him. He, he, he's, he's, prop, he's propositioning, he's, he's going through all the possibilities Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived of her is of the Holy Spirit. He addresses his issues. Do I take her as my wife? Is this really a virgin birth? She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. See, when we're alone, when we're lonely, we have two options. Option number one, fear and doubt. That's where he is in verse 18 and verse 19 in the beginning of verse 20. Fear and doubt. What's going on? Who do I believe? What do I believe? Is this true? Is anything true? What, where is God in this? God, I've done all the right things. I, I, I've tried to serve you. I've tried to do everything correctly. I, I've, I've kept myself. I, I've, I've, I've walked out what your word says, but are you there? I, I don't know. And fear and doubt is one of the options. The second option is trust and obey. Trust and obey. I don't understand. I don't like how I feel. I don't like what's going on, but I have a choice here. I I have this choice, and am I going to trust? Am I going to obey? Much easier to fear and to doubt, isn't it? Do you know the phrase fear not is in Scripture more than any other phrase? Why is that? Because that's how you and I are hardwired. When we get into a situation, we get into a problem, we get into in over our head, whether we cause it or we don't, there is more of a tendency to fear and to doubt than there is to trust and obey. But in this particular situation, we see that this is exactly what the angel of the Lord is saying to Joseph. Don't fear and doubt. Let me address your fears. 
Let me address your doubts. Let me, put them, let me put them to rest. But I'm asking you to trust me and to obey in this. Psalm 34, 18 says that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. See, God promises to meet us in our aloneness. God promises to meet you in your loneliness. But he doesn't promise to immediately resolve the issues that may be causing your loneliness. Let me say that again. God promises to meet us in our aloneness. God promises to meet us in our loneliness. But he doesn't promise to immediately resolve the issues causing us to feel lonely. When you feel lonely, who or what do you turn to? Substance abuse? Alcohol? Drugs? TV, media, music? Work? God? See, Joseph didn't have all the answers, but he trusted God. And here's what's interesting. Over the next nine months, as Mary's pregnancy became more and more obvious, he had to continue to choose to trust and obey and not to fear and doubt as God spoke into the situation. It's interesting. It doesn't, we read it within a matter of sentences. We read it within a paragraph, but there are months that are taking place from the time that Joseph is told this to the time that he has to have this conversation with the angel of the Lord and to the time that the Christ child comes and it all comes full circle to go, oh. See, the wise men don't show up on day one. And, and, and the shepherds don't come from their flocks on, on day. Uh, as soon as Joseph, Joseph hears all of this, Joseph knows all of this, and he's got to walk all of this out over the course of months. And I'm just saying that because sometimes in that moment, we cry out to God, God, I'm alone. God, I'm lonely. God, where are you? And we want an immediate response, especially in our first world Western culture. But many times what happens is God ministers to our need right in that moment, but he doesn't completely take the situation away. He walks through the process. Why? Because struggle produces strength in our life. And, 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 and so I just want to ask you a question that I think is a good question for you to ask yourself if you're feeling alone or lonely in this season or any season. What is the purpose of my loneliness? Why am I in this situation? Is this something I've done? Is it something that, God, why, why am I facing this? Why am I walking through this? Why am I, because we all face this from time to time. Listen, you can be a perfect person, quote unquote, right? Air quotes, big time. And face feelings of aloneness and loneliness. You can do everything correct. You can be right you can be on the right side of the issue and still be alone, still be marginalized, still be out there going, what, what, what did I do wrong? Nothing. So God, what are you trying to do? What's the purpose of this process that I'm going through? I know you hear me. I know I sense the presence of the Holy Spirit. I know there's peace that passes understanding. But in that moment, what is it that you are trying to do in my life? Third statement, and I'm closing. Because of Jesus, you're never alone. I know that sounds like a Sunday morning answer, but hey, it's Sunday morning, right? But I'm just saying, it, because of Jesus, you're never alone. Look at verse 22 and 23. And all of this, everything we've talked about, 
took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Verse 23, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So when you feel alone, God's with you as your companion. When you feel lost, this is what Emmanuel means, God's with you as your guide. When you feel hurt, God is with you as your comforter. When you feel afraid, God is with you as your peace. When you feel sick, God's with you as your healer. When you feel weak, God is with you as your strength. When you were dead in your sin, that's when God came to you as your Savior. Amen. Emmanuel, God is with us. Do you, re- do you realize when you read Genesis chapter 1, God creates heavens and the earth. Chapter 2, there's relationship, and then there becomes a fall of man. And chapter 3, and God separates himself with, from man because of sin. And the first messianic prophecy, the first prophecy of the Messiah in the Old Testament is found in chapter 3 of Genesis. From that point all the way until now, Emmanuel, God is with us. God has been this loving, heavenly father, but has been distant from his children, not because of his own choice, but because of their choice. In almost a prodigal state, they have left him, and he's remained home, he's remained there, he's remained steady, he's remained unwavering, but because of sin, there's a separation until Jesus is born. And for the first time in thousands of years since God walked and talked with Adam and Eve at the cool of the day at the creation of the world, this is the very first time where God the creator gets to physically touch, interact, see his children. Can you imagine? That's what's so powerful about that verse. Think about you as a parent. You've been away from your kids a long time. Maybe there's a long distance. Maybe there's some type of situation or circumstance and there's a prodigal. And then all of a sudden you're able to be with them, to be able to hug them, to be able to hold them, to be able to smell them, to be able to kiss their cheek and and embrace them and tell them it's going to be okay. That's what that verse means. God is with us. Because God never wants you to be alone. That's a lie of the enemy. God, you are never alone because Jesus Christ is with us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. When the Bible says right there, when Matthew's gospel records this prophecy from Isaiah, that he is Emmanuel, God is with us, which means from that point until we are united with him forever and eternity, we are never without him. Matthew, look at verse 24 and 25. Thank you, guys. Everybody else is going to get excited about 2 o'clock today. Amen. (laughs) And when Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. And he he took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Knowing that God would be with him, Joseph had the courage to do what was right. God's presence is with you. God's presence with you is God's present for you in this season. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know how this works for you. I don't know what you're facing. What I do know is that this two weeks of the year are some of the most lonely, 
depressing, difficult seasons for countless people in our community. And the world will tell you to turn to friends or to parties or alcohol or substances to knock the edge, to knock away the loneliness that's there. I just want to remind you, this is not a new issue, even at Christmas. That was Joseph's experience. Having to feel alone in that moment. Having to choose between fear and doubt and trust and obedience. And choosing to trust and obey to ultimately see what God wanted to see done in his life. And my encouragement to you is if you feel alone today, if you feel lonely in this season, this message is for you. God's not forgotten you. He's not forsaken you. He knows right where you are. And you have a choice. You can either run and fear and in doubt and see where that highway takes you. Or you can just choose in that moment to go, God, I don't understand, but I choose to trust you. God, I don't get all this, but I choose to obey your word. And fear and doubt will get you confusion and further down a road in a rat hole that you don't want to come out of. But trust and obedience all of a sudden will bring clarity, will bring peace will bring joy that endures through the night. That's what God's word says. So I want to pray for you today with every head bowed and every eye closed. I just simply want to pray for you today. With no one moving around just for a moment. And maybe you're here and you would just say, hey, Aaron, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just feel so alone. I just feel so, wow, God, where are you? And I want to choose to trust and to obey. But right now, fear and doubt is very much a present option. If that's you today, would you just, just look at me and just say, man, that's me. Just thanks. Just, just look at me. I just want you to know you're, you're not alone. God sees you right where you are. I don't want to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to stand, but he sees you. He knows you. He understands you right where you are. And I want you to know as you're just looking at me and everybody else's heads are bowed and eyes are closed, but you and I are having a conversation just here. God knows. God hears. God's there. And this message may not be for anybody else, but it was for you. And I'm just going to encourage you, take these words. These aren't my words. But take this and put it deep into your heart. And every time throughout this season, there may be a day, there may be moments throughout a day, it may be a few days. But when this begins to flare up, when this begins to, I just want you to go back to this. Go back to these verses and just go, God, you were there with Joseph. You can be there with me. I choose to trust and obey your word and not to walk in fear and, and doubt. I don't get it. Be honest. I'm struggling, be honest. But God, I need you in this moment. Now I wanna pray for you. Every one of you that are looking at me, I wanna pray for you right now. 
I really sincerely believe that God is going to do something in your heart in these next couple moments. Father, I just thank you for the opportunity to be able to share your word today. I thank you, Lord, that in the celebration, the hubbub of this season, you didn't forget about those of us that feel lonely and that feel alone. But Lord, you loved us enough that you gave your one and only son, Jesus. And Jesus, you loved us enough to leave the glory and the splendor of heaven and come to this earth and be the Savior. Emmanuel, God is with us. Because you came, we're never alone. So I pray today, Lord, for those that are in this room that just feel alone. God, you know the situation, you know the circumstance. God, there are dozens of scenarios, but you know what's happening to every one of those individuals' lives. And I just simply pray that you, oh Lord, God, that you would just speak peace right now that passes understanding. Lord, I'm asking you not to perform my word because my words pass away, but your words never pass away. I pray that the Holy Spirit, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that the peace of God that passes understanding that the book of Galatians talks about, God, let it fill their hearts right now in Jesus' name. God, we know that when we cry out to you that you hear us and that you answer, but sometimes that reply, that, that out, outcome, it may take a little bit of time, just like it did with Joseph. And so God, I pray in that moment that every time fear and doubt would raise its head during this season of loneliness, God, they'd be reminded of this message. They'd be reminded of your word. They'd be reminded that you are Emmanuel. God is with us. And in every single one of those times, I just pray, Lord, let them choose to trust you and to obey your word. Trust you and obey your word. Be honest about their feelings. Be honest about their emotions. Be honest about their confusion. Be on, but to choose, not my will, but your will be done, Lord. I don't understand this, but Lord, your word says that you're closer to me than any brother. Your word says that you'll never leave me nor forsake me. Your word says that you'll go with me. Your word says, God, that it's not good that I'm alone. And so God, you will provide a helper. You'll provide the Holy Spirit that will come alongside me so that I am never alone. And I just pray that when we choose that in this season, we're reminded of that in this season and we choose that. I just pray, let the peace of God that passes understanding that we sense in this room and the presence of God that we sense in this room and the faith to trust you that we sense in this room, that it would be with us. As we're alone at our house, as we're on our way to and from work, as we're doing life, we may be in a crowded room full of people. We may be surrounded by loved ones, or we may be in a room by ourselves, the sweet presence of the Holy Spirit would fill that room in that place. And we would be just like Joseph, that in this season, this Christmas, we choose to trust and to obey because Emmanuel, God is with us. We are not alone. That's a lie from the enemy himself. I pray your blessings be upon everyone today and especially those that are struggling in this season. I don't have the ability to change. I don't have the ability to do, but you do, Lord. And I pray perform your word 
In Jesus' name, and I thank you for it. Amen and amen.